Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. The inspiration for this week's podcast comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. And it reads from the New King James Version. Then he said, he being God, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let me give you a little back, uh, background story on what's happening in this text. And it's familiar to many people who've studied the Old Testament. The prelude or the um, backdrop of this text comes from 1 Kings chapter 18, where the people of Israel are torn between the false god of Baal and the true and living God of Israel, Jehovah. And so Elijah has all of the prophets of Baal, all 450 of them, to gather at Mount Carmel. And so there are the 450 uh, prophets of Baal, and then there's only Elijah who shows up on God Jehovah's half, on God Jehovah's behalf, right? And so here's what's happening. Elijah asks them to provide two bulls. Baal will take one of the bulls and they'll cut it into pieces and they'll put wood on it and put it on an altar. Uh, Elijah will do the same thing, but neither of them will put the um, fire to the wood. And Elijah says to them, he says, call on your God to send down fire and I'll call on my God to send down fire. And the God who answers by fire, he is the true God. And so uh, you guys, if you go and you read um, Isaiah, I'm sorry, first Kings chapter 18, you'll see that the long story short. Um, Baal, the prophets of Baal call on their God and nothing happens. And then they begin to cut themselves and they do all sorts of machinations and all of that. And in the end, nothing. But then Elijah tells his people, he says, not only do I want you to put fire on it, I want you to dig a trench around it. I want you to find some stones, 12 stones, and I'm going to build an altar. And then I want you to bring not one time and douse the altar with water, not two times and douse the altar with water, water, but three times douse it with water. There was so much water that um, the water poured off of the altar. The altar was drenched and there was a trench around the altar and the altar's trench was filled with water as well. And so, you know, the story, Elijah calls down fire from heaven. And of course, the fire comes down and it consumes the bull. It consumes the altar. But not only that, it there's so much fire that comes down from heaven that it um, it dries up all of the water. So 
Um, and so as a result, the people bowed down in worship. And so Elijah says to the people, I want you to um, not let one of these prophets of Baal leave here. So in essence, he orders the death of all 450 of the prophets of Baal. And so when Jezebel and she was the queen because she was married to Israel's king Ahab. So when Jezebel heard this, she was furious because those were her prophets. She worshiped the God of Baal. And so she was furious. And so she ordered the killing of all of God's prophets, the true and living God's prophets. And so when Elijah heard that queen Jezebel was specifically looking for him to kill him, he was afraid. And so he fled and he hid in the cave. And this brings us to where we are in first Kings chapter 19. Elijah hiding in a cave. Right. And so when Elijah knew that he was in communication with the Lord, he told him in the earlier verses in verses one through ten, he told him of all his great trouble and why he was hiding in a cave. And then he received some instructions um, from the Lord as to what to do. So this is where we pick up in verse 11. Verse 11, he says, then he, God says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. However, the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then after God sent the wind, he sent an earthquake. And you know that after the earthquake, guess what? The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, God sends a fire. But guess what? God is not in the fire. And then after the fire, God sends a still small voice. Still small voice meaning a delicate whispering voice. And so as Elijah discovered that the voice of God will not always be in the whirlwind, nor will it be in thunder or lightning or any uh, spectacular display. It will come most of the time in a still, small voice. And this by no means is inclusive, an inclusive list of all of the ways in which God may choose to speak to his people. We know that. I mean, he can speak to his people in personal appearances. He can speak to his people out of a cloud. He can speak to his people through animals. Yes, that's right. Remember when he made the donkey talk and asked, hey, why are you hitting me? Or he can speak to his people through vegetation. You remember Moses in the burning bush, right? But I would venture to say that one of the most common ways and one of the most often ways that the Lord speaks to his people is through his still small voice. We have all been there. We have heard that still small voice and we know that it is God's Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us that God uses to speak to us in that still small voice. And so the purpose of tonight's podcast, the purpose of today's podcast, the purpose of this podcast is to encourage you. It is to challenge you to be obedient to that still small voice. And here's why. This week, this week alone, I had no less than three conversations with people who are wrestling with listening to God's still small voice. I spoke to a young lady who started a business, but she's afraid to go full time in it. Even when God is showing her over and over and over again that his hand is in the business and that he's blessing this business. I spoke to a young man in corporate America who's afraid to move to his next level at work because he's unfamiliar with that particular area or that particular specialty that they're wanting to him to move into. And then I spoke to another young man who's apprehensive about pursuing a professional degree because he considers himself a quote unquote slow reader. 
Yet all of these individuals know in their heart, I mean, they know in their heart that they should pursue that still, that still small voice that's beckoning them to do that thing that God is calling them to do. And here's how we know. I walked into a client this week and um, I sat down and I asked her, how were things going? And I specifically asked the young lady about her business. And she said, Mr. Tony, you will not believe this. I was sitting here and I'm, I was just asking God, God, what do you want me to do? And you come in and you ask me about my small business. And so yet you right. So but all of these are positive situations where we should listen to that still that still small voice. However, there's the flip side of this. There are some situations that we may be in that are bad situations or unhealthy situations or abusive relationships. And we know that that still small voice is telling us to get out of those situations. It's telling us to break off those relationships. It's telling us to end those. But we're afraid. We're afraid to leave. We're afraid to end it. We're afraid to get out of those relationships. And it may not even be that the relationship is an abusive relationship, but you know that it's one that's not right for you. It's not positive for you. It's not constructive for you. It's not healthy for you. It's not moving you towards your purpose and your destiny and what God is telling you to do. And you know that still small voice has been telling you it's time to change. It's time to make a move. It's time to leave. And so you keep asking yourself or you keep saying to yourself, but where will I go and how? How will I provide for myself? And will anyone be there to help me? Or you may say, I feel so alone. And this reminds me of a friend of mine I've known for years. Um, She was a young lady who was newly married and she had had this beautiful new home and her husband and her moved in and life was looking great. And so one night he had had her husband had just a little too much to drink and he wound up hitting her with his open hand. He wound up hitting her with his open hand. And she told him that night that that was the first and the last time that he would ever hit her. She packed up her stuff. She left him and she divorced him. And it reminded me of a quote from Maya Angelou, who says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. You see, we can bet That she said to herself, this young lady, my friend said to herself, where can I go? I'm newly married. What will people think? What will they think? We just recently got married. How will I be able to provide for myself? Um, Will will, will there be anybody there to help me? I'm going to feel so alone if I do this. But you know what? She did. She stepped out. She had the courage to do it and never looked back and now is pursuing her destiny and her purpose in God. And so we opened up this podcast with the story of God finding Elijah hiding in a cave because he was afraid for his life. He had heard that Jezebel wanted him dead. So the threat was real and she had already carried out her threat to kill other of God's prophets. Well, Let me tell you the rest of the story, a quick synopsis of the rest of the story. The rest of the story goes on to find out that um, even though Elijah was the only prophet to show up at Mount Carmel, where Baal had 450 of his false prophets show up at Mount Carmel, the Bible tells us that Elijah was not alone. God goes on to tell him in chapter 18 that he tells Elijah, go back to Damascus Uh, in verse 19. I'm sorry, go back to Damascus and there he will find 7,000 people that God had reserved to help him. And these 7,000 people had not bowed their knees to Baal. And so do you see yourself in Elijah's story? 
Do you see yourself in my friend's story, the young lady who um, had to get out of that marriage early on? You see, the truth of the matter is, again, we think in many of these situations that we're alone or there's nobody would understand or we're all by ourselves or I'm the only one. But it's a lie. It's a lie. Just like God was there for Elijah, just like God had told him, get out of this cave. His question was, what are you doing here? Right. You have to have. You have to ask yourself that same question. What are you doing here? Do you not know that there I have reserved 7,000 people, whatever that number is for you? So, right, just like God was there for Elijah, please know that he is here for you right now. For the word of the Lord says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so you might not find God in the whirlwind. You might not find God in the earthquake or the fire, but I can assure you that you will find him more times than not in that still small voice. And so you might be saying to yourself, well, Elder, I'm not really sure. Or Tony, I'm not really sure. What is that still small voice? What is that quiet, whispering, delicate voice? Most of the time it is that thing. It's that thought. It's that idea. It's that hope. It's that dream. It's that vision. It's that plan that just won't leave you alone. You know that God has spoken it to you, but you try to ignore it. You try to hide from it. Just like Elijah, you try running away from it, thinking, hoping that it will go away only to find yourself alone with your own thoughts. And you begin to again hear and experience that still small voice urging you to do what the Lord has called you to do. And the reason I can say that I know that I know I'm where you are is because I've been there, that exact same place, trying not to do it, trying to drown it out, trying to do other things as distractions. But when you are alone in that quiet space, you begin to hear that still small voice beckoning you, calling you, drawing you, wooing you and me to do the thing that God has called us to do. So again, I encourage you, listen to that still small voice because it is God's Holy Spirit telling you to do that which he is calling you to do and know just like God had done for Elijah, that God has already reserved the help that you need to fulfill your purpose and to fill your God ordained assignment in him. Just be obedient to his still small voice. Just say yes and begin to move towards that still small voice. Remember family, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.